Hey, Border Fuel listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to tell you why we chose to host Border Fuel Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Two, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Lastly, download the Anchor app for free or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Thanks for listening to the Border Fuel Podcast. Now, let's start the show. What is going on, everybody? You are back on Ballin' Over Beers. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guys, James Fitch and A.K. Howe. A.K., what's going on, brother? Oh, just enjoying another Tuesday night, waiting for football to start back up since we get it on Thursday this week. Yeah, crazy. We actually get a Thursday night game. James, what's going on, dude? Not too much, guys. How's it going? Just living the dream, living the dream. Had to uh, had to run out to Best Buy tonight to to figure out this whole uh, TV stand debacle. So you know, not that's gonna right. be here for another two weeks. So that's great. How does it take that, two weeks uh, to get a TV stand? No, that's how do they? How can I? And I couldn't just call them on the phone and be like, "Hey, I need a new TV TV stand because you forgot a piece. Just ship me another one and come pick up the old one." Nope, you got to come into the store and do that because we can't get your personal information over the phone the only thing they needed to know when i got in the store was my phone number which they would have known because i was on the phone with them <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense well, makes no sense surprises me especially during this whole pandemic like everything's just way more difficult than it needs to be yeah just so much more difficult so we we drove an hour and a half because best buy is like 45 minutes i drove an hour and a half to be there for literally five minutes in the store just just ridiculous ridiculous Perfect. Yeah, but I'm excited. You know, the week six was a, a pretty good week. I had a pretty good week. I had a nice week in golf, too. You know, we're not going to talk about it, but it was a good week in golf. Pretty good week in football. The four-pack is uh, three three and one again. Um, so excited. Let's let's talk about this. We had some big games this week in the NFL, and we'll start right with one of the Monday night games, and it was the AFC, two of the best teams in the AFC right now, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And the Chiefs were able to get the victory over the Bills in, in pretty dominant fashion. But um, right now in the AFC West, if you're looking at these teams, you have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Titans are still undefeated, the Bills. James, who who are you looking at, and who do you think right now is probably the cream of the crop in the AFC East and or AFC in general? Is, is it the Chiefs? Is anybody going to be able to contend with them? Is it the Titans who are still undefeated? Uh, so the Titans are definitely better than I thought. Uh, they would be or, or better than they, I really thought they are. Um, but I, I, you can't go against the, the Chiefs right now. I mean, they had one one bad loss against the Raiders, and those games happen. I think, you know, every season you're going to have those games, uh, especially within the division. But um, 
got to go with the Chiefs right now. It's kind of the best in the AFC. Uh, Steelers are up there, too. Um, I think the Steelers, Chiefs, and the Titans kind of round out my top three in the AFC. Obviously, Baltimore's uh, still winning, too. But they just they, they don't seem like the dominant team they were last year. So I, I kind of bumped them down my, my list a little bit. Okay. AK, AK, are you – that's Tiana. She says hello, everyone. Um AK, are you thinking the same thing? Are, are, are the Ravens not the team that you thought they were? Because I, I, I think per conversations we've had, you're not, you've never really been super, super high on them. No, I've never been uh, too big on the Ravens. I think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC North. Um, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson to win a game with his arm. In, in the NFL, you can beat up on equal teams or bad teams running the ball and running the offense they do but when you're in a tough game or behind you need to be able to throw the ball to win in this league and Lamar just doesn't do it for me they, they just seem beatable this year right like last year they they went on a run I think where they didn't lose I, I don't know what it was but they, they won a lot of their games towards like the, the the beginning of the season and on and this year it just doesn't feel like they're something's off I, I don't know what it well, is the other thing is you got to figure Defense coordinators had a whole year to adjust to that style of offense to yeah. the option to the running quarterback. So now defenses know what they're doing against it, and it's kind of showing. And maybe Mark Ingram lost a step in the offseason. Yeah, it's uh, Ted Wynn. If you follow him on Twitter, on Twitter, yeah, Titter, on Twitter, um, if you follow him on Twitter, he does outstanding breakdowns. I think he's for the Athletic right now. I think he's just, he he writes for the Raiders specifically. I want to say, but he did a really good breakdown of that Ravens offense and how actually of all teams, the Cincinnati Bengals had a really good game plan and really really slowed down that rushing attack that the Ravens had in that zone read and how they kind of did it. And it was super interesting to see, like without getting into too much detail, but it was basically almost a like college football type defense where they just played a four three cover four and let the linebackers fly to the follow the fullback where basically took them to every single play, played quarters behind it and don't let any big plays, don't let Hollywood Brown behind you. And it really slowed down that defense. So like you said, teams might be adjusting to it and it'll it'll be interesting to see if if the Ravens can counter that adjustment and kind of hit their stride. Um, in the AFC, I, I still think they have a great defense, but I think, like you said, I mean, the Steelers are right there right now. They're they're super tough. The Titans, like you said, James, I, I guess I don't give enough respect. I guess I don't think they're as good as, I don't know, there's something about it. I don't know if it's just that they win in, like, weird ways where you don't think they're, like, a dominant team, but they're undefeated. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. I don't know. Their offense is really good. The defense still has... Uh some holes uh, they're they're very vulnerable on that side of the ball but their offense is, is just really good yeah their offense is super very efficient team. yeah and like well that's it and variable i mean if the going around on twitter if you saw that like the variables coaching move where he purposely put 12 guys out on the field to save time and the timeout because it gave them a first down so it gave them a first down. it was like second and one or something gave them the first down stopped the clock they ended up stopping them on the next three downs forced them to punt saved us all that time and they ended up winning or tying the game with like four seconds to go and send it to overtime to win like variables a super prepared coach they're, they're going to be ready for everything so yeah they're, they're definitely a team that um i don't know if you want to play especially in the playoffs late in the season you know get derrick henry rolling and, and Tannehill is 
Tannehill's balling, man. He's been balling since last year. He he's he's been outstanding. So in the other sense, you look at the NFC. I think the AFC is is just way better than everyone in the NFC right now. It was you, you had the matchup that we thought that was going to be, you know, potentially it could still be a showdown of the two NFC championship teams in the Packers and the Bucks. And the Bucks completely dominated that dominated that game after Green Bay jumping up ten nothing. Um, AK, who who are you liking in the NFC right now? Is it the is it the Bucks or the Packers or you got somebody else? I still think the Packers are a better team than the Bucks overall. Um, it was a weird game. They got up ten nothing, and then Rodgers had the back to back interceptions, and then he missed the guy. I forgot who it was, but wide open running down the seam. And as soon as that happened, I believe I told you guys, game's over unless it's a big play to swing the momentum back. But going forward, I think it's got to be between, like, the Packers and the Seahawks. All right. James, are you seeing the same thing? Because I don't know. The Seahawks obviously are balling on offense. But defensively, there's some holes there. I think Seattle's going to get caught. I I think they could lose to the Cardinals this week. And we're, we're back on the cards this week. Let's go Cardinals! Um, Um, they're they're good obviously Seattle's good their offense is great their defense is horrible and I think they're going to get caught so um, I I don't know I I liked the Packers over Tampa last week but after watching that performance and and I told you guys before the season started I kind of like jokingly said Tampa Bay and the Super Bowl book it but that defense is so good and their offense when everyone's healthy with, with Godwin and um, you know, Evans is kind of banged up, and his performance has been pretty lackluster this season. But there's something about that Tampa Bay team that I, I think they're they're probably like my favorite team in the, the NFC right now. Just that the defense is playing so good; those linebackers are so fast and athletic, and I think they showed that against Green Bay. So um, they'd probably be my favorite pick. But obviously, honorable mention has to go to the Packers and the Seahawks. Yeah, so when you look, actually, if you look at those odds for the NFC Conference winner, the Seahawks right now are three to one. The Packers are five to one, and the Bucks are five to one. And then the Saints are the five and a half to one. Rams ten to one. Bears thirteen to one. So there might be a little bit of value even still on the Bucks at five to one. I think because I, I don't like you said. I think it's really a three horse race between the the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Bucks. So you're getting five to one on on what is potentially kind of a three-team race, it seems like, in the NFC right now. Yeah, every week that goes by, I think AK pointed this out earlier in one of our other pods, but just every week that goes by, like, you know, Brady and Arians and um, just that offense seems to be getting better and better. They didn't have to do a lot this past week, but just kind of more time in that system, I think Brady's going to get better and better, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that, too. Um, if you look at the Super Bowl odds right now, AK, is there anything that is standing out to you? Now we're finished week six here, so we're almost to the mid midway point. You're, I think we're really starting to learn a lot about who these teams are and their identity. So it could be something where the pitcher is getting a little bit clearer. You might be able to find some value on that board. Have you found something that you like yet, or are you still waiting? It's hard at this point in the season to really bet any of the favorites just because I don't think you're getting the value on your money. Um, if I was going to – I already have the money on the Steelers that I put down before the season and we put down some money on the Chiefs together. But if I was looking down there, I like 
the 49ers at 33 to one, it kind of intrigues me just because they're starting to get healthy and Shanahan's a good coach. And the Browns at 40 to one is also an intriguing value. I don't think really they have a great chance to win the Super Bowl, but for 33 to one and 40 to one, I think it might be worth putting a little money on those teams. I think the Niners are super interesting. I don't. I don't think the Browns just because I don't just. I just don't trust Baker Mayfield in big games yet. I think he's still got a little bit of ways to go on the Stefanski system. But the Forty Niners are interesting because if they do get healthy, I could see that. Right now, I I think the best value on the board to me is probably either the Bucks at twelve to one or the Titans at fifteen to one. Kind of those teams that we talked about that are kind of getting better every single week that might be kind of flying under the radar. You know, the Chiefs are 4-1 to one right now, just to give you an idea where these odds are. They're the, they're the heavy favorites with the Ravens at 6-1, to one, Seahawks at 7.5, Packers at 11, Steelers at 11, and then you have the Bucks at 12, Saints at 13, Titans at 15, um, Bills at 22, Rams at 22, Bears at 30, and then Colts at 30. Those are kind of your top 12 teams right now. To, to get to this to win the Super Bowl, James, are you liking anything there? It's tough not to just put money on Kansas City. Um, you know, defending champs, they've gotten off to a hot start. They have the best quarterback in the league. I mean, it, it's tough if like you literally just want to put money down, feeling safe about winning that bet. Um, it's it's tough to just not pick Kansas City, but. Um, it's, it's hard to, to win Super Bowls, right, and especially back-to-back. So, um, you know, some other plays, I, I like the Titans, I like the Bucks, and, you know, probably between Green Bay and Seattle, like I said, maybe looking at one of those two teams. Yeah, I the agree. The thing that's confusing with the Chiefs to me, though, is um, for them to win the AFC Championships only plus 200, for them to win the Super Bowls plus 400, I see a little bit more value just taking the plus 200. I don't think doubling the odds to win the Super Bowl is really worth that much more. Yeah. No. One thing that. I like, and I did this last year, was I, I just, we talked, you guys kind of briefly mentioned the AFC just seems to be way, way stronger than the NFC at this point. One thing I did last year was in the, the conference championship uh, round, I picked um, the AFC, whoever, whoever the team is from the AFC, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, and I think it was at like plus 150. So. <laughs> I was pretty much banking on the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl and then win it. So come Super Bowl, I basically had Chiefs money line at plus 150. So that'll be something that I'm going to look at like way down the road once the playoffs start. But that, that was a, a bet that I liked making last year, and we'll look to do that again this year. Yeah, you're going to have to remind me about that when that comes up because I like that a lot. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sharp, sharp move, I think, there. Um, one other thing I want to kind of touch on here right now, and I, I really want to touch on it because it's – so hysterically bad. Well, there's two things when it comes to season-long bets at the beginning here is how horrible the NFC East is and then how bad the Jets are. So some interesting... Like, okay, so I, I, we'll start, let's start with the Jets because it, it's unbelievable to me how bad they are. And right now for them to go 0-16, you can get that at plus 370, and as crazy it is, I don't think that sounds like a terrible bet. And let me read you the remaining schedule that they have. It's unbelievable. So they have the Bills, then the Chiefs, then the Patriots, then the Chargers, then the Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, 
Browns, and Patriots. What game? What game on that schedule do you think the Jets legitimately have a chance to win right now? Because I don't see any. I I wish I had looked at this because I, I, seriously, it was last week or two weeks ago that that was plus seven fifty. Oh my god! So it's it's been chopped in half. Um, whew, yeah, that might be that might be a play right there. AK. The Chargers, the Chargers, Dolphins game, just because it could be versus Herbert and Tua with rookie quarterbacks, you never know. But other than that, <laughs> Week Seventeen scares me too. I know. Yeah, but Patriots. Bill Belichick still better coach Gaze even with third stringers. I literally yeah, and the Patriots may not be in a position where they're going to be resting starters too. But I, I was thinking about that earlier. It was just like I, I didn't know who the Week Seventeen opponent was, but that's always just scary because of resting starters and things like that. Do you want to know what I literally think could be the worst thing for this bet? So, because I really I'm thinking about betting it. The worst thing that could happen for this bet is that they fire Gase. Like you want you want him to keep Gase the whole year because he's such a bad coach. Like if they keep Gase, I feel like they're gonna try to trade off all their players. Like they're gonna they've already started right. Jamal Adams is gone. Le'Veon Bell is gone. Like who knows? Maybe they'll trade Darnold and I don't even know. They might try to get rid of everybody. I could see it. You know what I mean? Like. Greg Williams, Greg Williams comes in and goes like uh, four and two or something stupid like that. Right, exactly. Like that would be the worst possible case scenario. I think is if you bet this and then they fired Gase because you you would then you'd be screwed because they would actually have a chance to win. But their roster is just terrible. They're that literally. I think it's might be the worst football team I've ever seen in my life of watching football. How is uh, I think I mentioned this on Sunday, but how is um, Flacco like? How does he not just retire and quit? Like, he must need money or something. Like, he's just collecting a paycheck at this point. Like, how do you show up and just play football for that team? Right. Just get beat up because you know that they're not blocking, right? You're getting hit way too much. Like, what do you have to prove? You have the Super Bowl. You got paid. Like, you hit your huge payday with the Ravens. Like, why stick around for that punishment? Yeah. It's brutal. So, And then the other thing that I think is hysterical is how bad the NFC East is. And the Cowboys are winning the division with two wins. They got absolutely pummeled on TV last night by by the Cardinals. And right now to win that division, they are the favorites at plus 115. Eagles plus 135. Giants plus 800. Washington plus 900. And then the, the one thing I want to talk about. So obviously everybody's terrible in that division. They have losing records right now. Mina Kimes, who is a great follow. She's on ESPN. She's an analytical type person but she she's she's really good she's really good she's hysterical on twitter and she's really smart but she tweeted something out on twitter and it said whispers in the general direction of dallas ryan fetchpatrick would win the nfc east aki how interesting do you think it would be now that the dolphins start tua if they traded ryan fitzpatrick to the cowboys because i think if you put like obviously i think dalton's gonna be fine but like Fitzy's been balling this year. Like, you put him in that Cowboys offense, man, and just let him chuck it around a little bit, I think they could win some games. I think the Cowboys will be fine with Andy Dalton as long as they don't play any more primetime games where Dalton's just been atrocious his whole career. Listen, Dalton's not on the Bengals anymore. You don't have to You don't have to cheer for him. <laughs> I still like him, man. I still like him. I think, they, I think I saw this on Twitter earlier. I think between primetime and, like, 425 – 
uh, games, they have like seven more. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Dalton, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, how much? How many games can be flexed out though? Because they will yeah. all be flexed out. Like, probably should be. Well, the problem is, is that they're the freaking Cowboys, so everybody's going to be like, "Oh, it's America's team. We want to watch them." Like nobody actually wants to watch them that I know, but apparently people like them for some reason. Yeah, I uh, Jameis Winston was another name I think I brought up that I, I saw kind of floating around Twitter. Oh my uh, god! For, uh, for Dallas to make a play, that would be, dude. That would be the I absolute best. Jameis, like, yes. I would love to see Jameis throw it 55 times a game in that offense. He'd prob- yes. Oh, my God. It would be. The, he might. I would just blindly, blindly bet the Cowboys every week. Uh, so. You would just bet the over every week for the Cowboys. Whatever their point total is, bet the over and the game over because he's probably going to throw five touchdowns, but he's gonna also going to throw, like, three interceptions a game and just be super highly entertaining. Um, I'd love it. So we talked. I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles will win that division. I, I- I was just going to say that too. I like I like the Eagles for sure. I think it's going to come down to week 16 when the Eagles and Cowboys play and the winning team's going to make the playoffs and the losing team's going to get a top 10 pick and it's not going to matter which one wins or loses. Yeah, I think if the Eagles get healthy, right? That's the big thing. Which yeah. they which they can't seem to do cuz Miles Sanders or just got the hurt. Cowboys like it's healthy. Right. That's I mean that's Watch, watch the Washington football team led by Kyle Allen and Alex Smith go in here and just take it down at 9-1. to Gross. And then does Mike McCarthy get fired seven games into his resurgence? Well, yeah. Wasn't that the thing today that came out, that all the Cowboys players are, like, hating hating him and the coaches and saying they're not prepared and they don't make adjustments and they don't, they don't teach and all that? That came out today, and then there was a rumor. I don't know if it came from Rogers or somebody else, but like McCarthy was just like getting massages all the time, and like just wasn't like preparing for games and stuff like that. That came out like after he got fired from Green Bay too. Like basically similar stuff. That's well, he hasn't crazy. changed his playbook since 2012. So <laughs> that's that's pretty true. Pretty ridiculous. That's McAfee's got to ask Rogers about that when he has him on on Tuesdays the next time. Get the inside scoop. Get some dirt. Get some rumors flying around. Um, all right. Let's stop talking about these losers. Let's talk about some MVP candidates real quick. We talked about it a little bit last week. And the ones that I want to talk about is the ones on this Titans team that we have all kind of said that they're better than me anticipated. And right now they have two players on the offense. And the offense is absolutely so efficient right now. They're scoring a ton of points. And that's Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And I think they actually have really good odds right now. If you look at the board, Derrick Henry comes in at 25 to 1. But the one that I really like is Ryan Tannehill at 33 to 1. And I don't know if it's just that it's Ryan Tannehill and nobody's giving him like the props that he actually deserves right now. But I mean, he has the same odds as like Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. Um, he has better odds than Deshaun Watson. But like. Russell Wilson is is the favorite at minus 125 at the book I'm looking at right now for the MVP odds. Mahomes at um, plus 400, Rodgers plus 600, Lamar Jackson plus 16, and then you have Henry at 25, Roethlisberger at 28. But Tannehill right now. It's crazy to see a non-quarterback that high, Derrick Henry. It really is, and like that's that's my there. Can a, can a running back win this? Um. Probably not. Yeah, he got off to a slow start, but he's been hot the last like two to three weeks. I, I think to win it, you need to have like 
Rodgers has to have a couple more games like he had last Sunday, and Mahomes needs to be kept in check, and Wilson needs to put in some average to, to some subpar games, and Henry just needs to just put up monster numbers. It's doable, but I think the odds are stacked against him. And, and then the Titans have to go like fourteen and two. Yeah, for 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 Henry to win. Which yeah, they certainly could. But now listen listen to Ryan Tannehill's numbers right now. So Ryan Tannehill is completing about seventy percent of his passes. He has thir- over thirteen hundred yards passing, thirteen touchdowns, only two interceptions. He is has a quarterback rating of eighty five and a half and it doesn't say rushing yards here, but I'm sure he's got a few rushing yards and a few rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, the guy is putting up the numbers. Like, those are I – mean, he's not in the top five in passing, but he can't be that far off because I think Mahomes is fifth in the league right now in passing, and his, he has 1,600 yards. So, he's only like 200 yards behind him. Like, that – and the team right now is undefeated. Like, to me, at 33-1, to 1, that seems like pretty good value. He would have to pick up the stats a little bit in the second half of the season, but – I just don't think people want to vote for Tannehill. He's just blah. Yeah, he, I mean, he definitely has that stigma about him, I guess. But you know what the best thing that happened in his career was? He got a, he got away from Adam Gase. Adam Gase was his coach in, the, in Miami, and as soon as he left him, man, he got a shot with the Titans, and the rest is history. He's balling. But, all right, let's – uh. Let's recap our four packs. James, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so my first winning week of the season, three and one. I haven't had a losing week yet, uh, but this was my first winning week, three and one. So uh, wins with the Steelers. Uh, my suspicions about Baker being hurt and just not going to, to play well came true. Um, Bears. Easy win over the Panthers. Uh, the refs tried screwing them many times in that game, but uh, they uh, pulled the victory for me. Uh, the Cards easily over Dallas on Monday night, and my only loss coming with the Packers. I think we were all thinking when it was 10 nothing, we were sitting pretty. It was a great start. They were looking good, and then very quickly that uh, that turned against us. So, uh, But I'll take a 3-1 three and one, uh, three and one week for sure. Absolutely. Now, AK, um, you were on the Packers as well, right? Why don't you recap your week? Yeah, I was on the Packers as well. They lost for me. Um, Kansas City over 30 and a half lost. Um, I thought the Bills would put up a little bit more points and force the Chiefs to score a little bit more. But that didn't happen. But Kansas City covered for me and actually did the line at six and a half. So I added that plus 120. So that was nice. And then Pittsburgh, uh, easily covered and you didn't want to bet me on Sunday so I only had the one bet in on that <laughs> yeah I uh I, I didn't want to take the bet I was too worried about the Baker injury so it was good good non-bet by me on that one um mm-hmm. but I I also went three and one on the week I'm ten and six on the year uh I took the Chiefs as well that got me the win there like both AK and James I took the L with the Packers and then our Cardinals, I think this is going to be a full Cardinals fanboy team podcast because I'm just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on them every single week for some reason. I don't know why, 
But my Cardinals, they won. And then I also took the I like the over I like the over in the Atlanta Minnesota game, and that that was a complete shootout like we kind of thought it was going to be. And I hit that one as well. So nice week at three and one. I think everybody you know not not one losing week again between the three of us. So that's that's pretty sweet. And then when we take a look at this week. Um, some interesting games, actually. I, I At first glance, I was like, eh, but then kind of dug a little bit deeper. And the first game, obviously, and this one jumped off, off of right away, is that Steelers-Titans game, which is a huge battle in the AFC. Two teams that we've already kind of talked about big time that, you know, the Titans are undefeated. The Steelers only have one loss. Steelers got that defense rolling right now. Um, but the Steelers are favored. They're minus two actually against the Titans. So James, is this a game that you like and or who would you lean to on this side? Um I lean towards the Titans. Um I'm probably gonna tease uh, I'll we'll we'll maybe touch on some teasers later, but um Titans getting two points plus two are in a great spot to tease up through some key numbers of three and seven. Um at plus two, I'm not like super confident. I'd like to see like that at like a three at least uh, to put that straight up. So that's why I like I like the Titan side, but I like to, to tease them up six points as well. AK, what about you? Is this a game that you're gonna look to at all or no? I think this is gonna be a game I just sit back and enjoy this week. Um, but the one thing I want to touch on in this game is how the NFL's new playoff with only one team getting a bye has been making these matchups a lot more intriguing during the regular season. Just the importance of this game now, I think, is a little bit more magnified with only one team getting a bye. It certainly is, and I think that's one of the reasons, too. Like, just even this past week, like the Bills-Chiefs game, you know, down the road um, in the AFC, that could that could end up being huge for Kansas City for getting that, that first round bye, like you mentioned. But um, for me, I, I would lean, I think, on this Titan side as well. Uh, I just don't know if Ben will be able to push the ball down the field enough. Um, I also want to see if Deontay Johnson is healthy. Uh, they've really leaned on Chase Claypool the, so far, you know, in his absence. And I don't know if it's something that, you know, if he's going to be able to sustain that as a rookie wide receiver. I mean, he's obviously played incredible right now. The dude is an absolute monster. But I think I would like the t- Titan side. And I actually, that tease James that you talked about is super intriguing to me because like you said you get through those key numbers and that that really becomes a pretty enticing bet I think actually with the tease on that um next kind of big game an interesting matchup is the 49ers and the Patriots so the Patriots are coming off of a pretty bad loss to the Denver Broncos and they looked they looked absolutely terrible and I don't, I, I didn't even realize this. So I do another podcast for um, Arrowhead Live, where it's pretty much based on, uh, you know, we talk about the Chiefs and stuff like that. But I didn't know this until we talked about it today because the Chiefs play the Broncos this week. Is that Drew Locke only completed ten passes against the Patriots, and the and they still somehow won. That blew my mind. That's like. I'm pretty sure. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray had like similar, like I think he had like nine or ten completions against Dallas too, and, and they won that game. But um, very different game scripts. But yeah, it's crazy to see two quarterbacks like do that and still win easily. Yeah, especially in like today's NFL, like that just is weird. That's like some Tim Tebow numbers for the Broncos, like back in the day, like t- yeah. ten completions, you know. But uh, the they, the Patriots very. It was pretty obvious that they missed 
having practice and they they did not get to like get on the field and practice as a team very much uh, over the week with everything going on and I think that was pretty clear that showed up on on the field yeah it did so this week they're actually uh dogs they're two point dogs the 49ers getting two points the 49ers had a pretty nice win and I I think that when when Kyle Shanahan gets going man he he is just one of the best play callers in the NFL. He knows how to put plays together and how they work off of each other. And I mean, they you watched the last week and Jimmy Garoppolo coming off of that ankle injury could not plant and throw off that ankle whatsoever. And what does he do? He comes out and he throws like every single pass behind the line of scrimmage. And somehow they march right down the field and score. Like the defense wasn't even on the field. So it's crazy to see them get going like that, but um, I actually like the 49ers, even you know, with getting the two points especially. I think it's something – I think that they're just a better team. I don't think that the Patriots right now have looked good. I think that if the Patriots can't come out and just grind the ball, that they're, they really will struggle. Their passing offense hasn't looked great. Their receivers aren't getting the separation that they need to get. Um so I like the, I like the Niners in this game. AK, do you like this game? Because I think this game is actually going to be in my four pack. Yeah, I like the 49ers um, getting the points in this game. Um, the only thing that kind of worries me is it's hard to see Bill Belichick team play bad three weeks in a row. Um, but it's a new year and a new team, so you never know. Yeah, Belichick. I, I would, I'm sure he'll have them ready to go um but the one thing i will tell you is that right now the 49ers in adjusted line yards are only on defensive the side they're giving up the fourth least amount of adjusted line yards to any uh in anybody in the nfl so obviously the patriots they actually have one of the best offensive lines as car according to adjusted line yards um so that's really where that matchup's going to be because the patriots are actually fourth fifth best in the NFL. So I think that game is going to be one in the trenches, but I think that's why I lean the 49ers. What about you, James? You, you going in this game or you're, you sitting it out? I'm probably going to stay away. Um, my first gut instinct was, you know, I, I just like betting the Patriots at home when they're favorites by less than a touchdown. Historically, that's, that's going to win you money without fans that, that kind of changes things this year. Um, I think the 49ers are another great teaser team. Again, getting them up through the key numbers of three and seven. Um, it's it's tempting to try to middle this one and like tease the Niners up, but then like also bet the Patriots side and just hope that like the Patriots win by like three, four, five, six points uh, and kind of win both sides of it. I think that's entirely possible in this game. I I won't do it likely, but um, it's it, it's definitely an interesting spot to consider doing that. Certainly is. Um... But yeah, I I don't know. I think this is, I don't think it's gonna be my lock of the week. But I'll tell you, it was it was it's pretty pretty close, pretty close to being the lock of the week, on um, that 49ers side. Um, next game that I thought was one of the bigger games, and obviously because this is a pro Cardinals podcast, is the Seahawks Cardinals game, and the the Cardinals are three and a half point dogs, and the over under on this game is fifty six points. And I'll tell you right now, I like the over on that. James, oh, talk yes. to me about it, baby. Yes, give me the over. Yeah, I like it. It's already up to 56 and a half. Well, did you say? 50? Yeah, it's 56 and a half on DraftKings now. And I think that's just going to keep climbing. Like, this game probably closes, like, 58 plus. 
Um, I'm, I like the Cardinals side, and I'm, I'm not going to bet it now. Um, I think a lot of people are going to come in heavy on Seattle um, coming off a bye. Um, so I'm thinking if you're going to bet or if you like the card side, you can probably get them at a better number later in the week. Um, there's no guarantees on that, but that's just kind of my thoughts right now. But I, I do like the, the Cardinals side right now. AK? They're just they're playing well. They are playing well. AK? They played some bad teams, but... I think Arizona getting the points here is uh, pretty intriguing. It's Russell Wilson's the better quarterback, so even though they're getting three and given three and a half, I would I think I would have to lean towards the Seahawks. But I am intrigued by the Cardinals getting the points, so I'm kind of tossed off. Seattle just plays close games. I feel like they're just playing with fire and. They're, they're due for a loss. Like, I hate saying that. Like, they're due, they're due, they're due. But just, I don't know. The games are always close. They always play in weird games. Arizona's been, been playing pretty well. And I think Arizona has a decent shot at winning this. Um, but they're also a home dog getting points. So I, I really like that. Yeah, and my thing is, is the Seahawks defense, they're just getting shredded by everybody. Like, they're giving up so many points, right? They're giving up the second most fantasy points to the Seah- to the um, quarterback. They're giving up the most points to wide receivers, fantasy points to wide receivers right now. Like DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray should go should be able to go out and score on these guys at will. I I feel. I mean, obviously this is like one of those games where you expect the over to happen and it's going to be like 17-14 or something stupid like that, right? But I, I don't know. I like the over. I like the points. I'm leaning towards the Cardinals right now because, you know, we love the Cardinals here on this podcast for some reason. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. So, James, you said I think they're going to be in your four-pack. So why don't you start us right off with yours for the week? Yeah, so I've, I've got the Cardinals plus three and a half right now. Again, I, I think that number could go up before I officially place any bets. I'm going to keep an eye on that. But I, I can see getting – getting uh, more uh, the line uh, moving um, you know uh, so so Arizona getting more points so but I, I just as we just talked about I, I like them as a home dog getting a three and a hook so uh, that's going to be one play um, my other play is going to be Chiefs minus nine versus the Broncos I, I think the Broncos are very lucky and very excited to come out of Foxborough with a, with a win uh, last week um, I just I know it's a divisional game, so it's going to be kind of a tougher matchup. But uh, I like the Chiefs to, to come in and just roll. Like trend, if you look at trend betting, like literally every every stat is, is going to tell you probably to, to bet the Chiefs. So um, I like them to easily win versus the Broncos. They Drew Locke hasn't really impressed, um, and I just don't think they have a lot going for them. Um, so Chiefs minus nine. I'm going to go with uh, Panthers plus seven and a half for my third pick. Um, they lost last week, but Bridgewater just keeps games close. Um, I, I think he can keep it uh, with within uh, possession, whether it's like a backdoor cover or whatnot. I, I just like um, this Carolina team to keep games close, so I'll take them plus seven and a half. And then my last pick, um, I had a tough tough time with this this fourth one, but I'm gonna go with the Rams minus five and a half on Monday night against the Bears. Bears are uh, five and one. Um, I just they haven't really looked very impressive. Their defense has been good. 
the Rams, it's just like every other week, it, it feels like this team's going to show up. You never know what you're going to get, but um, the Bears traveling out to, to L.A., I think this is a good spot for the, the Rams to bounce back on easily. Yeah, I like the Rams with that one, too. AK, why don't you roll right into your four-pack? Well, I'm going to start out with a uh, Buffalo Bills minus 7.5 for the first line against the Jets. I think the Bills are going to come out and try to get Josh Allen rolling after two bad to very bad games. Um, I want. I think they're going to get him going. Davos talking about that earlier today or yesterday. I don't remember which one. So I think they come out. They come out hot, and the Jets are just atrocious. Um, now Dallas is zero and six on the year covered against the spread. Their whole offensive line's banged up. McCarthy's a terrible coach. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. But saying all that, I'm taking Dallas minus one this week. <laughs> Just completely crushes him and then, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I just, I'm a Dalton believer for some reason, and I think that's all reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is This is not a pro Bengals uh, podcast. This is pro Cardinals. Don't forget that, uh, AK. Continue on. Almost drafted by them, we could say. Okay. Um, I just think the Dallas offense is going to get it figured out with Dalton, and that offense with a average quarterback and a bad line, I think it's a better offense than a Kyle Allen led offense. But that's probably going to be a loss for me, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's so confident. I love it. <laughs> this week's board is pretty rough. Yeah, it really um, is. Now, being a Bengals fan getting three and a half versus the Browns is not something I'm doing. I'm actually going to be betting against my Bengals this week and taking the Browns minus three and a half if Baker is cleared and is practicing. Um, so that's the game I'm going to... I put a little bit down already, but I will up my bets depending on Baker's injury status. And then, um, much like you, Justin, I'm on the 49ers getting the points. Very nice. And then, so for my four-pack, like you just mentioned, the 49ers, for the reasons that we had talked about previously, like James had mentioned about the Chiefs, minus seven. Love that game. They are, I think, just just much better team than the Broncos. They have Patrick Mahomes, and the Broncos have Drew Locke, um, who just completed ten passes. So I'll take the Chiefs on that one. Then the next game that I really like is the Bucks over the Raiders at minus two and a half. Um, I think that the the Bucks defense is just too good. I think the Raiders offensive line is very good, but I think that that the way the Bucks play, man, they they can pressure, um, they can cover, the linebackers can run, they'll be able to stop the run, which is what the Raiders really want to do. Um, as long as they can minimize those deep shots that they the Raiders were able to hit against the Chiefs with rugs, I think that the Bucks could end up winning this one big. Um, the other thing I'm I'm looking to in that game is the over under, which is 53 and a half. I think that the Raiders defense is terrible. And I think the Bucks could really exploit them there. So even if the game gets into a shot shootout, I think that the the Bucks the advantage goes to the Bucks offense there. And like um, you know, AK mentioned previously, and James did on this pod every single week. It seems that Arians and Brady are getting more and more on the same page with this offense. So I really like the Bucks, and I think I think this this is gonna that would. If I'm going to lock one up this week, I think that would be the box is, is the lock of the week at minus two and a half for me. Um, 
And then my last game would be the Packers over the Texans at three and a half points. They're minus three and a half. It's just a good bounce back spot. I don't think that the Texans are are very good. Now they've won a couple games with Romeo Cornell. Obviously he's better than Bill O'Brien and that's why O'Brien was fired. Um, And the Texans have played tough. You know, they played a tough game this past week against the Titans. So uh, that could have taken a lot of out of them, you know, a big division rival on the road, you lose an overtime. So, I think that you know the Packers look to bounce back and and get the get the W there. So that's my four pack for the week. Um, I think that all three of us have been pretty hot the last couple weeks. So let's keep that rolling with those four packs and and keep that above 500. So we're gonna roll right into that the DFS portion of the show, and I'm gonna start us out and I'm gonna say how disappointing Alexander Madison and Mike Davis were last week i thought they were two locks to just have great games they're in good spots and they just played terrible now and i'm sure everybody in season long probably the same thing i also had madison in one of my season long fantasy and he just killed me i started him over like a will will fuller who just blew up and that was really tough to see sitting on my bench um but i thought he was in a great spot and he was it just the script went bad for him quick the falcons jumped up on him and and they couldn't get back in it so they weren't going to run the ball very much so that hurt him and then when i look back at it back at it and you know a lot of talk was on this is that derrick henry was sitting right there and i think he was only a hundred dollars more than alexander madison like why the heck wouldn't you just play derrick henry who's a better football player in a better spot you know they want to run the football with him so in retrospect it was a pretty stupid play to pick madison over henry you know, if you're going that sense. Um, so it's just one of those things you look back at and it was just so obvious that maybe it was so, you know, you just didn't see it. So it's always good back to go back and look at your previous week and like why you built things. And, you know, right now I feel like I'm so close. Like I'm, I'm like one or two plays away. Like I had Julio, which he absolutely smashed at like 3% ownership and nobody was on him because everybody just hates on Julio for some reason. And the dude's a complete stud. So that was a good play. You know, I stacked up Matt Ryan instead of Kirk Cousins. Everybody was on Cousins in that, in that Viking stack. So that worked out well for me. So we're right there. You know, I was on the Trey Burton chalk and he worked out well for me, the Colts. So it's right there. But one of the stacks that I really like, and James, you were on these guys for your four pack was the Panthers at plus seven and a half. I love the Panthers stack this week against New Orleans. So it's a 51 point total in that game. And New Orleans is actually giving up the fourth most fantasy points uh, to quarterbacks this year. Um, I love Teddy Bridgewater. He's only at $5,800, so you get that nice pay down at the quarterback position that you like. He provides a little bit of rushing upside, but then you can also stack him with some pretty cheap receivers and DJ Moore and, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, DJ Moore at 5,600 and Robbie Anderson at 6,000. So I really like that. And then you can run it back with, you know, the Saints players. Kamara's 7,900 and Michael Thomas should be back after having like a weird, like, suspension or whatever it was and he's at 7600 so that's a very very intriguing stacking uh game for me um ak what is your favorite stack of the week uh, um i'm going with the homer pick and andy dalton <laughs> i like this is <laughs> such a pro andy dalton show right now <laughs> <laughs> it's the red hair man yeah. uh, no i think his price point, and then you can get someone like Michael Gallup, and Cooper's pretty cheap in there. Dalton Schultz is still a cheap option at tight end. 
And I don't think a lot of people are going to be big on Dalton this week because of how bad the offense looked Monday night. So I think you'll get a lot of um, value by taking him at that price point. But like you, I like Kamara a lot this week. And I think going back to last week, we were texting on Sunday, and um, I was like, man, if we just could have com- combined our lineups, because I was big on Henry last week, and I can't remember who I had at t- uh, wide receiver that was also on fire, but if we could have just combined and we probably could have with it. Yeah, I had I had Jefferson in one of my so that Falcon stack I ran it back with Jefferson. So I was like, I had Julio who smashed, I had Jefferson who smashed, but my running backs went out and just were complete duds and just killed me. But it happens. Um, other stack I do like. I'm gonna go back to that Falcon stack. We talked about that Detroit Atlanta game. It's a 56 and a half point total with terrible defenses. Matt Ryan, 6,700. Julio, 71. Ridley, 73. You run it back with Galladay at 67. I think that's a great point total in a game that should be a, another shootout, kind of like that Falcons-Minnesota uh, game was. So you get the, those high point, high, high point totals, you're going to want to get exposure to those games. Um, as Is many... Josh Allen worth playing this week, um, playing against an atrocious Jets team? Absolutely. And then I like pairing him up with like Cole Beasley, who's only I think forty nine hundred. Yeah, he's um, certainly a pay down option. Um, I, I don't mind the I don't mind the Josh Allen call at all, just because uh, you always get the rushing upside with Allen. You know, he's obviously priced up. He's seventy seven hundred. He's the second most expensive quarterback on the slate, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But it's for good reason. They're playing the Jets. I mean, they should they should smash the Jets. They're terrible. Um, two running backs that I really like and oddly enough they're in the same game is Aaron Jones and David Johnson. Aaron Jones is 7,200. David Johnson is 5,300. The Texans give it are giving up the second most points to fantasy running backs and the Packers giving up the most points to fantasy running backs. So two game, two running backs in the same game. So you get a little bit of correlation there. Um, they're both in the passing game a little bit, you know, they're going to, they're going to catch some passes. So that's always good from running backs. Obviously Aaron Jones, um, he's a huge part of the offense. Last week was obviously a difficult mashup with the Bucks, but he still had the touchdown. He still had five targets. So you always like him in those type of situations. Now, David Johnson, he's obviously not the same player that he used to be, but he still had almost 20 carries last week and he got a couple targets. And at 5,300, I think that he, he's at a price where he's a potential pay down option. And I don't think a lot of people will go that direction because they're going to see that they're playing the Packers who they're obviously better than. Um, AK, anybody else you're liking for DFS or? Um, I kind of like Kareem Hunt this week going against a pretty bad Bengals team and, or not team, I should say, just this defense is pretty bad. And then I like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or even maybe both going against a pretty bad Arizona secondary. Yeah, I don't think going to the Seahawks um, offensive pass catchers is ever a bad idea. The way that those guys have been playing and the way that the Seahawks have been chucking it up. And then I guess my last question is is completely different from the skill guys, but defensively, the Buffalo Bills defense is $4,700 against the New York Jets. 
Um, they did not look good against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week, but it's the Jets. Are they worth playing at that price point? That's very tough question because if you're paying 4700 points for your defense you're gonna want at least four sacks i would say and the bills d line just isn't getting much pressure on quarterbacks so for me i don't think it's worth paying up but you never know with turnovers and the jets are pretty terrible yeah the jets are terrible they're giving up the most fantasy points to defenses um right now but like you said, the Bills' pressure really hasn't been what it's been in the past few years. Um, you know, we're used to seeing just a dominant defensive line, and it just doesn't seem like they've had that over the last few games. And they're actually in the bottom four in pressure rate in the NFL at almost 19%, which is literally the fourth from last. Only the, the Panthers, the Packers, and, and the Lions are are worse at pressure percentage so it's very interesting because the pet the jets are so bad but the bills haven't been getting pressure so i don't think i'm gonna ever get there even though it's enticing with the jets but i don't like to pay up for defenses so i'll probably go elsewhere as far as that's concerned um and that's going to take us right into our season-long portion of the show and we're going to talk we're going to start uh some running backs where there's some really interesting situations with these teams and and the first one is is the philadelphia eagles and miles sanders being injured james boston scott seems like he's somebody that you should probably be picking up right now huh yeah there's not a lot this is one of those weird weeks where i feel like there's not a lot of like long-term like great plays uh, in terms of waiver wire pickups uh, i believe sanders is he's definitely out this thursday and I've, I've heard and read that he'll probably they've got a bye coming up so he's going to be out Thursday he's probably going to be out the following week um, so you're looking at him being out a couple of games so if you're looking for somebody to fill in for him I think Boston Scott's probably a good play there but at least for uh, for a couple of weeks yeah he will be in it's so weird because that Eagles offense it's Carson Wentz has been I think playing better than people realize but he's he's really gotten no help basically and Sanders actually dropped what should have been a touchdown um this past week on him but Boston Scott does provide an option as a pass catcher and that's kind of one of his strengths I would say it's coming out of the backfield um another injury that happened to the backfield is in the with the 49ers and Raheem Mostart is actually going to be going to IR with a high ankle sprain which sucks for me because he's on my dynasty team so that's a big blow right there but Something interesting, I think, is Tevin Coleman, who's going to be coming back. Now, they already have, obviously, Jarek McKinnon there. A.K. Is it something that maybe you pick up Coleman and kind of stash him before he gets on anybody's radar, and then he could potentially be somebody you play down the road if Mostart stays out for a while? I think Mostart's only going to be out the minimum. Anyways, it's just ankle spring. I think they're just being cautious because of the running back depth that you have. But, um... Jamichael Hay, I think his name's Jamichael, right? Hasty. Yeah, yeah Jamichael Hasty. Yep. Yeah, he's an intriguing option as well. But Coleman is a long shot to be activated. I just looked it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what that's what I was saying. Maybe just pick him up now and stash him for for something potentially down the road. I think that if you have any of the 49ers running backs, you should just keep them all season because it seems like they're always getting hurt. 
every last two years have just been a carousel of injuries with all the running backs, and they love running the ball there. Jeff Wilson's another guy, too. He's he's good for uh, at least one or two games every year where he just poaches, like, two two touchdowns. So uh, He is he that, is the TD, TD poacher. That is for sure. Yeah, he's another guy to keep an eye on if you're looking for something short-term. Yeah, which we've just named 19 running backs for the 49ers, so maybe the answer is just stay away from that backfield. <laughs> you just, yeah, I don't know. They're tough ones to figure out. Um, and that leads us into another tough backfield in the Baltimore Ravens, who also have a million running backs, it seems. But one of them just got injured, and I guess it was a severe mid to high ankle sprain for Mark Ingram, who is going to be out for an extended period of time, it looks like. They obviously drafted J.K. Dobbins, um, which I would think most people have on a roster. Um, and then the other one is is Gus Edwards. Uh, James, either of these guys, I think, worth a look. The Ravens want to run the football, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't get too excited about this this backfield. Um, I think they've got a. So they've got a tough matchup beyond this week too. I think they've got the Steelers coming up in um, week eight too. So um, I, if you're going to pick one between Dobbins and, and Gus, I mean it's probably a coin toss for me. I think Gus got more looks last week, um, but it's it's probably a situation I I just want to stay away from altogether myself personally. Nah, I think that's pretty fair, and it seems like both the, the Niners and the Ravens' backfields are just so congested. There's so many options there, and you know the other thing with the Ravens, the best running back on their team is the guy that's getting every snap, and Lamar Jackson. Like he's going to get his carries yeah. too, so don't forget that. I mean, that also makes it difficult. By this week too, so you're not getting anything this week, right? Um, you know, I I look at other other places for this week, but if you're looking for something down the road, um, it it could be worth looking into that backfield. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, Kenny Drake, last night, he finally played halfway decent this year in a season where he's looked pretty terrible for most of it. And as a Kenny Drake dynasty owner, I can assure you he's been pretty pretty awful for most of the year. Um, he had the huge long run. Is, is now the time, AK, where you just say, the dude's not going to get any hotter. It's time to sell him for whatever I can probably get him for. Or do you say, okay, maybe he's hitting his stride and hang on to him. That's intriguing to me because if you're just doing season long, I don't think you're going to get the value that you actually need for him. Just because unless you're super deep at running backs and can have a third option, because if you lose another one, you don't want to be down to just one running back. So I don't think you're going to be able to get good value for him there. But if you're talking dynasty, then it could be a sell high point, especially if um, you're not contending and a contender needs something, you can probably get pretty good value for him there. Yeah, that seems fair. I I, I just, I don't, I, that's the thing. I don't know what you would be able to get for Drake at this point. I mean, one running back's, are, even though he's not great, he's still a running back that's getting a lot of volume. So do you want to trade away a running back that's getting a lot of volume? We just named three injuries in three different backfields. You've already seen Barkley lost for the season, McCaffrey get hurt. You know, running backs right now are extremely tough to come by. So, James, what... Yeah, 
he'd be a hold for me, and I've I've been on the uh, Chase Edmonds uh, train for a while. Um, I thought coming into the season he was the better back. Um, as of last week, before before this game on Monday night, Edmonds was kind of tread, trending towards more of a 50-50 uh, touch split, and uh, I thought that would continue, but it, it, it ended up being Drake's game. What, what, you find, what you see a lot is both Drake and Edmonds on the field at the same time. It just the, the touches didn't equate Monday night uh, for, for Edmonds, so with Drake hitting and having a good game, maybe that's just kind of that momentum that he needed or maybe it unlocks him a little bit. So if I had him, I'd hold him. Uh, I'm, I'm a Chase Edmonds owner myself, and I'm feeling a little, like, just kind of not as excited about him personally uh, going forward. But I think it, it can also be one of those situations where every other week you never know who's going to be the guy. It's kind of like in Cleveland where they had Chubb and, and uh, um, geez, I'm drawing oh. like Hunt. Yeah, Chubb and Hunt. You never know, like – some weeks they, they one of the guys is better, and, and some weeks they both do well. Um, it could be that going forward, but it, like like you guys said, it's it's tough to just give up on a running back and trade away a running back when they're such a hot commodity and they're hard to come by. So um, if if you get a great offer, um, it's going to be tough to pass up on it. But uh, I I think he's he's probably a hold and see what happens. For sure, and I. I just one more running back situation I want to talk about, and I didn't put this on the notes, but it's the one in Kansas City because obviously the Chiefs, Chiefs just picked up Le'Veon Bell, and then we watched Clyde Edwards Elaire rush 26 times for like 160 yards. Um, but you still saw Daryl Williams get work. He still was the short yardage. He still was the goal line back. He still was the third down back. Are you worried if you're a CEH owner? Are you thinking to yourself, I got to get rid of him? Is Le'Veon Bell going to take, you know, touches away from him? Are you going to try to sell him as high as you can and get something? Or is he like Drake where you hold him because Clyde's still going to get his touches? For me, I think he's a hold. I think that Clyde gets his touches where you just have to worry that Bell is probably going to get some short yards and goal line and post some touchdowns from him. Yeah, I'm not worried about Bell at all. The Chiefs just are a contender and spent their, spent their salary cap and just got more talent on that offense. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to to me, but I don't think he's going to be poaching any of CEH's touches. It's, it's going to take weeks, I think, for him to get uh, involved like heavily. He's got to learn the playbook and the system and all that stuff, so I wouldn't like worry about it right away. What I could see happening is closer towards like the playoffs, towards the end of the season, just kind of leaning on that veteran guy. He's, he's used to the playbook, and uh, you know, CDH may be a little bit banged up or, or whatever it is. Heading into the playoffs, you kind of look for that veteran leadership. So I could see... Towards the end of the season, Bell getting more touches, stealing more work. But right now, in the short term, I wouldn't worry too much. Fair enough. And speaking about a guy that's got got a lot of work last week, um, that was Mr. A.J. Green. A week removed from seeing him sit on the bench and say, if you're not going to throw to me, why don't you just trade me? He then gets 11 targets with 8 catches this past week. Is he... A sell-high option, AK? Now, this is your Bengals, so don't be a homer about it. But what are you doing with, with A.J. Green coming off an 11-target, 8-catch, 96-yard performance after being kind of nowhere for the whole season? 
Yeah, he said he finally feels healthy. I don't know if he was just saying that because he was able to actually get separation in the game for the first time all season or if he actually is healthy. Uh, but if he is healthy, then I got to assume he's back to being the Bengals' best receiver. But I, got, I would sell high on him if you're getting any kind of offer, especially if you're getting some kind of running back for him or if you can pair him up with a halfway decent running back to get a good running back, I would do such thing. You guys are talking about selling high. You can probably get him on waivers in, in some leagues, if not a good chunk of leagues. I'd, I'd be willing to bet. Do you think that's the case? I, I, that's yeah, my... yeah I, I'm in so many dynasty leagues, I forget about season long. <laughs> yeah, season long, I would assume he's on waivers. But in dynasty leagues, he's he should be rostered unless it's a really tiny nah, man roster be. or something. Yeah, in Dynasty in season long, I, I think you'll find him on waiver wires, and I think he's definitely worth uh, worth a pickup just to see. I mean, it's been six I games. Mean, I wouldn't look if I were you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't, right? quarterbacks for season long that we're going to talk about and then we'll move on to our survivor picks first one josh allen now james noted bills fan are you worried a little bit since the second half in the rams game i think that allen his his performance has gotten worse and worse and worse um the last two games he's only complete completed 57 percent of his passes he's only thrown for 385 yards four touchdowns three interceptions and then 12 carries for 60 yards. Are, are you worried about his performance? Or is it just, hey, he's going through a little downstretch against two two of the top teams in, the, in in football, really, and he'll be fine? No, I'd like him to be better as a, a Bills fan. Um, you know, a good start to the season. The last two games have been pretty ugly. I don't know, you know, primetime games. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Obviously, they've played good teams, but... To be considered a good team, you've got to be good teams too. So I, I try not to use that as too much of an excuse. But in terms of my panicking, no, especially from a fantasy standpoint, he's still going to produce and put up numbers. You know, if, if from a fantasy standpoint you're concerned about him, let him put up numbers and get the Jets and sell high after that if, if really you're concerned. Uh, I think that'd be a good spot to do that. But I, I'm still optimistic about the rest of the season with Josh. I think that fantasy wise, he just, he provides such a, a, a floor with his rushing ability. And you saw last, um, last game against the chiefs that they, when they were struggling, throwing the ball, they just said, all right, here we go. We're just going to run the ball with him. Cause he's six, five, two fifty. You know, he's a, he's a monster. He's athletic. Um, so I think that just the, the floor he has baked in with his rushing ability I, I wouldn't worry too much about him in fantasy. And like AK, you already mentioned him as a possible play for, for DFS this week going against those Jets. So fantasy-wise, you're not too concerned about him? Uh, fantasy-wise, I'm not concerned at all. He's going to put up his numbers. I mean, he's put he put up great numbers last year. He was a bottom four quarterback in the league last year. But fantasy-wise, he was a top four quarterback. So you got to separate fantasy and actual quarterback play sometimes. But... I'm not concerned about him in real-life football either. Um, I think he can get some of his mojo back versus the Jets. But if the trend continues, then I would start panicking if I was Bills fans. Yeah, if he, if he struggles against the Jets, good Lord. <laughs> I, I will feel bad for all the Bills fans out there. Um, and then 
lastly, in the same division, it is Tua time in Miami. Is he somebody that is worth rostering? If you're in a 12-man league, let's say, like ours, is he somebody you throw on the bench and kind of say, hey, Fitzpatrick's been putting up numbers. Dolphins have some weapons in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Um, let's see what this dude can do. James, have you got any interest there? Not really, no. Um, I want to see, before I take a roster spot, I'd like to see what he can do. Um, where, I'm, where I'm hopeful is I'm, I'm a, a Gasecki owner in a couple of leagues, and he just flat out stinks some games. He goose uh, put up a goose egg for me last week. He's got to be one of the most he's got to be one of the most disappointing players in fantasy all year, yeah. right, Gusecki? Two two Miami tight ends scored touchdowns last week, and none of them <laughs> were Mike Gusecki. That is just um, like a punch right in the gut every time you see it. Yeah, and you know I still put up a pretty good week with that with my tight end scoring zero points, but I'm I'm hopeful that uh, I don't maybe Tua throws him the ball. I, I don't know I don't know what what it is. Miami Changeli's offense likes to use a lot of tight ends, but um, I guess I'm I'm just hopeful for that. But I'm not taking up a roster spot right now with with uh, an unproven rookie that hasn't really played a game yet. So I'll let somebody else do that. Ak. You love Tua. You you gonna roster him? I am not. I mean, I would if I was a Fitzpatrick owner. Obviously, you drop Fitzpatrick, pick up Tua. I hopefully you weren't playing Fitzpatrick every week, but if you have to have a backup, I guess drop Fitzpatrick and pick up Tua. But I just feel bad for the rest of the AFC East because the best quarterback in the division is now playing. <laughs> Loves the Tua. He's also a Bama homer. Everyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> All right, Survivor. Survivor was pretty good, I think, for most of us. Um, I took the Chiefs over the Bills, and this week I'm going to just go to those Bills that we watched because they are playing the worst team in the history of the NFL, the New York Jets. James, what you got? Yeah, so two picks last week. Uh, Dolphins with a win, Patriots with a loss. Uh, the league I'm in is a double elimination league, so I've got two entries, both with one loss each, so I am still going. Uh, so this week I'm going to go with the Bills over the Jets. I think that's the chalk pick. And then uh, I'll go with the Chiefs over the Broncos for my second pick. Hit me, James, or AK. Well, last week I picked the Patriots over the Broncos, but I uh, kind of forgot to submit my entry. <laughs> which I got really lucky because then I took Miami. But um, this week I'm going to go a little different than you guys and go with the Browns over the Bengals. Browns over his beloved Bengals. Very nice. All right, teasers. James, you kind of previewed one for us. You got something for us? Yeah, this is a great teaser week. So there's a lot of teams that are sitting at, again, I like, I think it's called like the, there's a book out there and I think a lot of people refer to them as like the Wong teasers. There's a, a guy that wrote about like the advantages of um, taking teams up through key numbers of three, four, six, and seven. So I like looking at teams that are like plus two, plus two and a half, uh, teasing them up. This week, the 49ers and the, the Titans fit that bill. Uh, you can get that on a six-point teaser at minus 121 on DraftKings right now. So I think there's great value there, great price. And I, I think the Niners and Titans have great shots at winning this game, and if not, keeping it within you know a, a touchdown or so. So I like both those teams on a six-point teaser. Very nice. AK, do you got any other Monday Night Parlay, special bets, teasers, anything that you want to share? Um, Not at this time. Just keep ahead and watch my Action Network because 
as you guys know, I like to do um, just alternate lines and just move one-point games to two-and-a-half, and like I did with Kansas City last week, when I moved from three-and-a-half to six-and-a-half, I think you get good value doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, you said you already had the – you like the Bills minus seven-and-a-half for the first half line, right? Yeah, I like that for the first half. And Good. All right, let's uh, finish the show like we do every single week with our beers of the week. And, AK, why don't you start us right off? I am drinking um, – a campfire stout by High Water Brewing out of California. It's a uh, supposed to be like a s'moresy type type stout with a little marshmallow and chocolate flavors in there. It's a pretty good dark beer for this time of year with the weather getting colder in the Northeast. All right, James. Yeah, I'm on a orange creamsicle milkshake IPA by Southern Tier Brewing Company. It's- Sounds like it's kind of a summery drink, but it's uh, it's tasty nonetheless. Very nice, very nice. And I um, am going to tell you about a pumpkin cream ale that is by Kiuka Brewing Company, which is one of the lakes that's out by us. Um, had it this past weekend, and it was absolutely outstanding. All right, let's uh, get out of here by James. Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm at uh, Fitchy24 on Twitter and Action Network. Very nice, AK. Action Network, B-O-B underscore AK, and Twitter, Kenny True Love. All right, and you can find me on Twitter, JDiz1617. You can also follow us on Twitter, at BallinOver. Uh, we are on Border Fuel Sports, so make sure you're heading over there. I also write some articles called Edge Factor. Talks about DFS for PGA, and that should be coming out either today or tomorrow. And then I also will have my uh, Edge Factor out for the NFL. That comes out on Thursday, so be on the lookout for that. But, guys, we appreciate it. If you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you're sharing it around. Um, and let's win all these monies, guys. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next time.